Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis solo here for the final hour of the show, which you can hear live weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. You could always check it out on demand anytime you want. Just go to podcast, search Scout Fantasy Sports, hit subscribe, and the shows are usually uploaded very quickly. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis, on the gram at Aaron88, and check out all my work at scoutfantasysports.com. My rankings are up, so I update them in real time. Anytime some news develops or I go through my research and decide to move a player up or down, it is immediately reflected on the website. So you don't need to worry about once it's updated pretty much every single day. And obviously, as we get into games and more news filters out and maybe we see some batting orders determined and lineup shifts, Uh, I will go in there and make the changes as quickly as possible. So uh, if you use the promo code BATS50, you can get 50% off your first two months. I know everyone loves ranking, so I will continue to update them and uh, hopefully can hit on a lot of guys that I did last year in the rankings where had uh, Blake Trinan very high. I know a lot of people have thanked me for that. He was definitely the closer that I wanted last year for sure. Trevor Bauer was someone I had pretty high. So, uh, Successful year in fantasy baseball for me last year, so hopefully can duplicate that once again. So you can check out those rankings right now. Also, I have a look at a player going after round 15, sometimes falling to round 20 in some 12-team leagues. He's a player that I think is going to break out this year and hit 30 home runs. If you look at the surface stats and the numbers, you're going to be like, where are you getting this from? I don't see it. It doesn't make sense. Well... I break it down for you, and you could see, even though the numbers were similar to the year before, he actually made a lot of improvements, and I think it pans out this year. So you could check out that article as part of our draft kit as well. In addition, looking at Jesus Aguiar, can he continue what he did last year? Yasiel Puig, A.J. Pollock, Sonny Gray, Brian Dozier, and a lot, lot more. Taking a look at a lot of players that changed teams, whether it was free agency or trades, We have in-depth team outlooks from Sean Childs, one of the best high-stakes players around. He is in the NFBC Hall of Fame, and he is finally done with all his team outlooks. The final one up today, the San Francisco Giants. If you want to sample, you can check out the Red Sox and Orioles preview, get a taste of what Sean is doling out, and then become a member to access the rest. Dr. Roto is doing his team previews he has the Red Sox up there today as well so tons of great baseball content Uh, we got you covered there also if you want to participate in a draft you can go to playffwc.com right now 
couple of beat Dr. Roto leagues up there for a uh, 44 and an 88. So it's $44 or 88. 12 team leagues. It's a slow draft, four hour clock, 44 rounds, and that is it. You just draft your team and set your lineup each week. There's no waiver wire moves, no trades. So it's very minimal maintenance because we know you're busy with your regular seasonal leagues. But here's an opportunity to prepare for your drafts and make some money in the process. And is season ends September 1st. So you don't have the month of September interfering with football. And, you know, if you do cash out, you can take that money and put it towards a fantasy football draft uh, at playffwc.com. So you can check that out today. Mine is currently underway. Uh, I'm going to go over and talk about that one in just a little bit. Uh, our draft is flying by. A great job by pretty much everyone. No complaining about holding up the clock like you see in a lot of leagues. Of course, ScoutDFS.com. We had Steve Renner on yesterday. Two nights ago, he won over $36,000. Once again, the NA, and that was playing NHL DFS. And once again, the hot streak continued as uh, we had a subscriber last night win uh, $13,750. So that's a lot of money that has been won uh, with the Scout DFS write-ups over the last couple of days. So uh, we're extending the discount 50% off DFS uh, tonight at midnight is when it expires. So uh, you can uh, check that out now and become a member and win that money. The promo code is hot NHL. So that's 50% off your first month of your NHL DFS sub. And then you'll also get a free seven day trial. So uh, make sure you sign up before tonight Take advantage as these guys are winning big money. Of course, NBA DFS returns tomorrow. We have Optimizer and Slack Chat for that as well, in addition to PGA. So a multitude of ways that you can win money here on ScoutFantasySports.com and ScoutDFS.com, as well as Vegas Whispers. You can follow them at VegasWhispers.com. We'll have Doug Anderson from Fantrax coming up in the final segment of the show. He is currently participating in the Tout Wars Draft and Hold League. It's a 15-team league. Uh, and Doug Anderson had pick number 14. So uh, that draft is currently in round nine. So we'll talk to Doug about his strategy, his thoughts, and what has been going on in the draft room so far and see if he likes the 14th pick. Uh, the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational gets underway on Sunday. I am in the Champions League. All the champions who won last year are in one league, so it's going to be a very competitive league, and I am picking at the 12th spot. So... A lot of things could happen in the 12 spot. I have an idea of a few players that I want, but you just never know what's going to happen. Uh, there's always a few shocks in drafts, so uh, we'll see how that pans out. But wanted to talk about my Scout 44 that's going on right now. Uh, again, this is a 12-team league, 5 by 5 road league, and there are no waiver wire moves, no trades. You just draft your team and set your lineup. So... I uh, did four of these last year, was able to win three and play second in the other. So definitely have some success in this format. And it's great preparation for your real drafts. And you get to win some money in the process. So this is a 12-team league, and it's so much different from a 15-team league. I'm just so used to doing a lot of 15-team leagues. And it just feels like so much value is there. And, like, you're passing on really good players. And uh, it is a different mentality that you have to – take and uh you know especially with some positions that you have to maybe look at a little bit more 
uh, because you need bigger numbers, obviously, in the 12-team league. So it is a little bit different. Uh, most of my season-long leagues are 15 teams. Tout Wars is 15 teams. The NFBC auction I'm in is 15 teams. I play at a 15-team auction local league with people in the industry. So most of it for me is 15 teams, which obviously means a deeper player pool, but uh, it should be easier to go to the 12-team leagues, but sometimes it just feels a little bit different. So uh, I had pick 11 in this one. I went with Jacob DeGrom, and I know I talked about a few of these guys yesterday. Uh, I'm going to have a little bit more of a penchant for taking some pitching early in a league where I cannot make any moves for the season. Uh, it's a little bit more I want to concentrate on more. I just tweeted out there were 13 pitchers that threw 200 innings last year, 23 that threw at least 190. So, you know, I try to want to get a couple of those big arms if I can. DeGrom obviously was one of them, and he had a great year last year. So, to me, a lot of the bats were kind of similar, and I figured I'd come back and get a bat anyway once I take DeGrom because Scherzer and Sale were off the board. Uh, I didn't feel the need to take a second pitcher. And I really wanted Aaron Judge, but he went with the first pick around too. Uh, I think Aaron Judge is being a little bit undervalued right now. Uh, I guess that's what happens when you get hurt last year and the numbers were down a little bit. But Judge is healthy, said the wrist is fine. He was hit by that pitch last year. But Judge was on pace for another monster season. Guy has elite power and a good lineup and even contribute some stolen bases. So I uh, was actually surprised that he went. I thought he'd fall there. So I took Manny Machado. This was before the move to the Padres. I'd probably push him down a little bit more. He's probably, I can see taking him late in a 15-team league in the first round, but probably more of a second-round pick to me at this point. Again, I don't think the park is going to damage him completely. Uh, Right-handed power has not been that bad. I think the concern that you have there is the lineup. And, yes, there are some intriguing pieces there, but – they are still one of the worst offenses in the league last year. And if the rest of the team around them doesn't produce, it's going to lead to fewer runs in RBIs and the counting stats. So to me, that is the biggest concern right now uh, for them. And where does he hit in the order? Is it second? Is it third? Uh, so there definitely is some question marks there. Again, there's some intriguing players with Hosmer, Myers, Renfro, but there are also some question marks there as well. So, uh, I would not have taken him in that spot had he not signed uh, with the Padres. But he does have uh, shortstop eligibility. He's probably going to play third, so that helps too. And I think that becomes more important in a league like this where you can't make any moves. I think if you have two players that you're looking at and you're looking for a tiebreaker and one has multiple position eligibility, I think you go in that direction because it's just really going to be big when the injuries strike during the season. And we all know injuries are definitely going to occur. It's inevitable. Uh, very few guys play 155 games. Very few pitchers avoid a stint on the DL. So having that flexibility is very important, and you'll find that out uh, during the season. So you do want to have several players, if possible, with that multiple position eligibility. And in this format, Machado already has it. So just check your league rules. I always say that. You know, some leagues, it's 20 games the previous year and 10 this year. Others, they're more liberal, especially a site like Yahoo. You really don't need much. Uh, so I always recommend whatever platform you're playing on before you start your draft, when you're doing your draft prep, go in there, see the rules, and see where the players are eligible at. It's definitely going to save you some time, and you don't get caught by surprise either uh, when you're on draft day. You know, always make sure you're the most prepared. Uh, 
if you want to take this seriously and win, it's definitely going to pay dividends. And there will always be people in the draft if you're doing it, oh, is this guy eligible here? You shouldn't be that guy. You should know the league rules and understand where everyone is going to be eligible at. Round three, I took Trevor Bauer. Uh, just to me, he shouldn't have been there at that point. Uh, it is a 12-team league, but to take him 3-11 to me was a really good value. And I know there's some people who doubt Bauer because he had an ERA under four for the first time last year, but he started to turn things around two years ago in the second half. He's got filthy stuff. All his pitches grayed out well. And uh, if he didn't get hurt last year, he would have been one of the pitchers to reach 200 innings. He topped 200 strikeouts for the first time and just dominant, filthy stuff. So uh, to get him as one of the pitchers to pair with DeGrom just gives me a really nice floor in my pitching. I mean, I should... If these guys stay healthy, I should get 400 Ks easily out of both of them. So uh, with good ERAs and good whips. So it already gives me a nice foundation. And Bauer was a guy that I took in a lot of these leagues last year. He was someone I wanted across the board. Uh, generally got him anywhere from rounds 8 to 10. And when I missed out on him, I was pretty upset. was able to get him in an NFBC auction last year for $13. And obviously he was uh, one of my best pitchers. Although him getting hurt late in the year definitely hurt. For sure. Uh, nothing crazy in the second round uh, that I saw at all. Um, and in round three, Stanton, Giancarlo Stanton actually fell to 3-2, which is a little surprising here. I think that was a good pick. Uh, you know, if you get Nola as your first pick, a pitcher in round three, that would be great. Uh, in 15-team leagues, he's generally going late second. Uh, we saw Kershaw and Bueller go back-to-back -back before Severino. Uh, Charlie Blackman fell to 3-9, uh, so that was a interesting value. I know uh, still at Coors Field, maybe not running as much, but still very productive player. Vladimir Guerrero went one pick before me at 3-10. Wasn't going to take him, and generally that's where we've kind of seen Guerrero go. There's a lot of excitement for him. Round four, it took Reese Hoskins. Would have had to make a tough call had Carlos Carrasco made it back to me. And this is also a lesson, too. There are a multitude of ways to win. You know, some people were like, oh, you can't take that much pitching that early. But I did in one of these leagues last year. I think it was the Scout 88 where I took pitchers rounds two, three, and four just because I felt like it was too much value. They wound up being Chris Sale, Syndergaard, and DeGrom. So obviously that worked out tremendously well. Sale, even though he didn't pitch 200 innings, was just dominant in the innings he pitched. DeGrom... Cy Young type of season, and Syndergaard obviously did not live up to expectations for sure, but two of them were home run picks, and Syndergaard was okay, uh, but because of what the other two did, it, it made up for him. So I, I might have had a tough decision to make had Carrasco fallen, but he didn't. The guy on the turn took him, so I went with Reese Hoskins, who feel like there's still some upside in that bat. Would like to see the average a little bit higher, but especially if Bryce Harper goes to Philly, I think you're looking at a uh, a really good lineup, but either way, in that ballpark, uh, one full year now under his belt after coming up a couple years ago, uh, I think Hoskins has the ability to hit 40 home runs and drive in 100. Round five was Anthony Rendon, who to me is just one of those players that's just solid across the board. You know, he doesn't stand out in any category, and players like that sometimes get undervalued by people because there's no... 40 home runs. There's no 25 stolen bases. But he's 28 years old, and he's been one of the better hitters in the majors the last couple of years. So 
it gives me a really solid floor across the board and average. You know, I took Hoskins, who might be a 250 hitter. Uh, now I couple that with Rendon and Machado. Machado should be 290-ish. He has the ability to hit 300. And Rendon should be 300 based on what we've seen the last two years. I don't see any reason why Rendon wouldn't be. He was 308 last year, 301 two years ago. Makes a lot of good contact and just uh, very good across the board. And he did miss some time last year. In 136 games, he was 2492 with 88 runs. So if he can play 150 games, you know, you could see 100 RBIs. He'll be in a good spot. Should hit probably third. I mean, I think there's always a chance that Bryce Harper maybe returns to the Nationals, and that obviously would boost the lineup more. But even without him, you could see Rendon with Adam Eaton and Trey Turner batting in front of him. So that will present a lot of RBI opportunities. So I just feel that people look at Rendon and they feel like he's boring. But sometimes you need a few of those boring players. It just can't be all upside picks. Yes, we want to shoot for some breakouts. And we can point to players last year where it worked. But a lot of those players you're looking at you know, in the middle to later rounds. You want a good foundation early on. And to me, Rendon provides it at third base, which is not the deepest position. There's some good third base, but I think first base obviously is more shallow, but Rendon in a good spot there. When we return, I'll continue to give my strategy and thoughts on the way I built this team. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. You're listening to Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Coming up in the final segment, I'll be joined by Doug Anderson of Fantrax as we will talk about his Tout Wars Draft and Hold League, which is currently ongoing. It is a slow draft. You can find all my work at ScoutFantasySports.com as our Fantasy Baseball Draft Kit is on fire. Tons of content, more being added by the day. A lot of people have been asking about my positional rankings. They were posted last night. They will be updated in real time anytime some injury news breaks or maybe I do some research and change my perspective on a player, whether they move up or move down. As soon as I make the change, it is immediately posted on the website so you don't have to worry about the rankings not being updated for two weeks. It'll be updated constantly every day. And if you use the promo code BATS50, you get 50% off your first two months. Uh, In-depth team outlooks from Sean Childs uh, as well as he has now complete the San Francisco Giants, the final team. So all of the team outlooks from Sean are there. Dr. Roto's taking a look at teams as well. His latest is the Boston Red Sox. And I have a lot of uh, players' profiles on pl- a couple players I think who are overvalued that I won't be drafting at their price some sleepers, and a potential breakout going after round 15. So become a member to find out who. And you could ask your message, uh, your questions on the message boards and forums anytime you want. A lot of getting a lot of keeper league questions, who to keep. Uh, and obviously, price is a big factor as well. And here's uh, a little bit of advice, though. You don't always have to keep the cheapest players. You know, sometimes 
everyone just wants to take all value, you have to understand the format. Because if you're in a keeper league with auction prices, there's going to be inflation. So you know your league better than us. We can have a good idea. But, you know, sometimes I'll ask, well, what do you think this player will go for? And sometimes it feels crazy to to keep someone at $28, $32. But if they are someone that provides a high floor with the potential for a high ceiling, and you know if you throw that player back and they're going to go for 42 just take the savings. And it's just not about all cheap players uh, because you have to understand that if a lot of people are keeping cheap players and they have a lot of salary cap to spend, they're going to spend a lot on the high-dollar players that become available. And I've seen it in my league. And even something that you know I have to still – adapt to at times you know I felt like there were a couple times last year where I should have went the extra buck on a player or two and sometimes you sit back there and then you realize wow there is not much left and you get you wind up overspending on the middle tier players you don't want to do that at an auction so sometimes it's not about all the cheap players that you keep sometimes you spend on a player or two I, I mean I'm looking at my keeper league and uh, it looks like I'm gonna be spending quite a bit but the players that I'm potentially keeping include three players going in the first round and an ace pitcher going in the second round. So they're relative discounts to what I'm going to throw back. So it's not about all cheap keepers. So just keep that in mind. And again, if you have any specific questions, you can ask them on the message boards and the forums at scoutfantasysports.com anytime you want. And also jump in a draft now. Uh, PlayFFWC.com, there's two Beat Dr. Roto Leagues, a 44 and 88, and they are uh, slow drafts, 12-team leagues, four-hour clocks. All you do is draft your team, set your lineup, that's it. No waivers, no trades, and uh, I'm currently in one now. Uh, it's flying along. Great job by everyone. So kind of just talking about that team and how I put it together here and went over the first few picks. Uh, round six uh, was a tough call. It was a lot of pretty good outfielders that I liked, but I was looking to inject some speed and I went with Tommy Pham. And we saw last year, Pham had some injuries, went over to Tampa Bay, but Pham is a guy that can give you 20, 25 steals, potentially more. He's got some power and like what I saw from him in Tampa Bay. So took him in round six because was a, a little light on speed so far. Machado's the wild card. You know, he stole 14 bases last year. We've seen him get to double-digit steals, and we know he has the ability. You know, we're not sure what's going to happen with San Diego. They are a team, though, that's been more aggressive than his previous team, the Dodgers and the Orioles. So he still has the ability to get double-digit steals, but maybe he doesn't run as much. So that's a wild card there. Hoskins only had five steals last year. I don't expect much from him, and Rendon won't run. So instead of reaching for these players that only produce in the stolen base category, as I've mentioned many times, I want to go for guys that are going to contribute uh, a little here, a little there. So uh, Fam is a guy that I think gives me 20 to 25 steals. Next pick was someone I think that some feel is being overvalued right now, and I don't think so. I mean, it's round seven. So I'm looking for potential breakouts here. I feel like I already have a pretty good floor. And David Dahl just has a lot of ability. He's 24 years old. Now, he's had quite a few injuries in his career so far. He turns 25 April 1st. He had a 6 September last year, 9 homers, 27 RBIs. 
He had 77 games in the majors last year. It's 16 homers, 48 RBIs, five steals, batted 273. Now, he does strike out 25% strikeout rate, walk rate 7%, but guy plays half his games in cores. 859 OPS last year. We know he has big-time ability. It's a ton of line drives, 23% line drive rate, so I uh, just feel like there's a big potential for him uh, this year. Also can get some stolen bases as well. So decided to go for the uh, the upside there of a guy like David Dahl. And uh, after that, there was a little bit of a drop-off in the outfield. Uh, there were a couple other guys I was looking at. You know, Eddie Rosario was one. You know, he's been pretty good the last couple of years and should hit third in that Twins lineup. So he was someone I definitely considered as well as a close call. But I went for a little bit more of the potential ceiling in Dahl at Coors Field. So another guy that I think can reach double-digit steals. Round nine, uh, or round eight, Jose Peraza. I did see a note that I didn't like today uh, regarding the Reds because my guess was Peraza was going to hit leadoff uh, like he did last year towards the end when he really got going. But Reds manager David Bell did say that he wants to have one of his best hitters hitting second. And there's talk about Jesse Winker leading off. So if that's the case, you know Peraza wouldn't hit second. They'd probably go with Votto, would be my guess, who's a big OBP guy. So that would put move Peraza towards the bottom of the order, which I don't like. But again, this is not official. But I do like Peraza this year. And, you know, he's a guy where he can get a ton of stolen bases. Uh, again, I, I prefer him to hit leadoff because that will also help his ability to be high up in the runs. We know hitting eighth in the National League is just not appealing in front of the pitcher. It's definitely going to hurt you. You're going to get less at-bats. Your counting stats won't be as good. Also curtails the running a little bit, but he had 23 steals last year, 23 the year before. He's very efficient, and he really came on in the second half last year. He makes excellent contact. I know he's not the most ideal OBP guy because he doesn't walk much, uh, so maybe if he became a little bit more patient, they'd be more inclined to use him in the leadoff spot, but this is definitely something to pay attention to, but I still like him this year because I think this is a guy that can give you 15 homers in 30 stolen bases this year. And that's what I want. If I'm going to get one of these guys that I'm counting on for speed, you know, give me something else. Give me a little pop. And uh, Peraza did have a 25.5% line drive rate last year. We saw the fly ball rate up to 38%. And he's in a ballpark where uh, it's very conducive for home runs. So I'm not buying him for his power, but it would be nice uh, to see him get to, you know, 15 home runs again. Definitely want to see him in the leadoff spot. So that's definitely something to pay attention to. Round nine. Took A.J. Pollock. I mean, at some point, I'm going to take the guy again. And, yes, I've certainly been someone that has been pro-A.J. Pollock and over the last couple of years, and I know all about the health issues. And I'll say it again. You know, people will say, well, this guy burned me. I took him last year. I took Pollock last year in round five of the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. Won my league, so he didn't ruin my season. I took him in another league in round five and finished in the money. So you're getting him at a discount now. And, yes, there is definitely concern with the injuries, although they've kind of been weird injuries. Uh, it's been the elbow a couple times, groin. So it doesn't look like there's anything chronic here. Obviously going to the Dodgers now, where they obviously have a lot of depth and maybe they do rest them a game or two a week. But I'm going to take the shot in round nine because – at this point, you're looking for a player that has the ability to potentially return top three, top four round value. Pollock can do it. He's shown it before. I mean, last year, 
in 113 games. He had 21 homers, 65 RBIs, and 13 steals. Two years ago, 14 homers, 20 steals in 112 games. So there were some things that changed last year. The strikeout rate got worse because the average was down to 257. But we're talking around nine. I'm potentially getting a guy 20 homers, 15 steals, in a good lineup, probably hitting leadoff. So I'm going to take that shot there. I think, you know, he's kind of falling down a little bit. I know a lot of people are just kind of anti-Pollock, and they don't want to take him. But I will absolutely take the shot in round nine as my third outfielder in a 12-team league. Yeah, I'm going to do that. The next pick was tricky. This is where you're trying to read the draft room and figure things out. And I thought it was like, okay, now might be the time to take a closer. But I was hoping a couple of closers would make it back. And it didn't happen. So I went with the best player on the board, and that was Nicholas Castellanos, who fell to round 10. Castellanos was a player I had in quite a few leagues last year, including Tout Wars. And, you know, I expected a little bit more power last year. Uh, but the counting stats are pretty good. He's a good hitter, even though it's not the greatest lineup there in Detroit. Uh, he'll be 27 during the season. And last year he batted 298. He's a career 274 hitter. 23 homers, 89 RBIs, and 88 runs. So despite you know the team context not being great, still put up pretty good numbers. Uh, and this guy could just hit you know a ton of line drives. His career line drive rate is 26%. It was 28.8% last year. The fly ball rate has dipped on the 40% the last two years. So you'd like to see that get up, but certainly a lot of hard contact. So decided to take the best player on the board here. And, you know, if this was... Just a regular season league with waiver wire moves. I'm not really going to worry about the closures as much. You know, I would like to get one. But in this format where you can't make moves, you have to be a little bit more cognizant of it. So I probably should have went with a more closer, a closer that I trusted a little bit more around 10. But it didn't happen. And then uh, several closers went off the board. I don't know if you want to characterize Josh Hader as a closer. But he went. Ken Giles went. Kirby Yates went. Uh, Corey Knebel went, Wade Davis went, and Jose Leclerc went right before me. That was the guy who I wanted to take. So I wound up going with Cody Allen, who I do have some concerns about because he fell apart last year, but he should have pretty good job security, assuming they don't go out and sign a guy like Craig Kimbrell. So really just at that point, you want someone that's going to get saves, and the pool is really dipping down, getting low here. Uh, so I went with him as my first closer. Then... Uh, came back and kind of looked at the landscape here. Now, I've been waiting on catchers. I would like to get one of the top seven or eight if possible because there's a pretty steep drop-off, and this is a 12-team league with two catchers. Uh, so I looked at it, and you know I really wanted to go with a starting pitcher, but I figured, okay, there were several that I liked in a close tier that I thought could make it back. Now, Aaron Hicklis was on the board. That was like the best player for me. But I already had four outfielders. So it was difficult to pass on him around 12. Hicks was another guy that I had in a lot of leagues last year. But I wound up going with Wilson Contreras, who coming off a terrible year, but I expect him to be better this year. And I think I have him as my third-ranked catcher. So there were only three catchers off the board at this point. And you figured, okay, this might be the area where catchers start to go. So I decided to get at least one good one, took Wilson Contreras, and it spurred a catcher run. Because after that, Yasmani Grandal 
Wilson Ramos went with the next two picks. Salvador Perez went later in the round. Yadier Molina went later in the round. So it turned out in this scenario to be the right call. So sometimes when you're picking on the ends, you have to forecast things. And sometimes it'll work out for you, and sometimes it doesn't. It didn't work out as far as the closer. And it might at the end of the year if Cody Allen can get back on track and not allow as many home runs and cut down on the walks and get 30, 35 saves. I'll look back and say, okay, that worked out. Uh, but with the catcher pick of Contreras, it certainly worked out because you could see the run of catchers that went in that round. So round 13, I came back and I said, all right, now I got to stack attack starting pitching because I only had two in the first three rounds. And then I waited and was piling up on the offense, took Cody Allen as the third pitcher. Uh, so I went with Cole Hamels. Uh, Cole Hamels was really solid last year once he went over to the Cubs. Obviously, he wasn't very good with Texas. But moving to the National League certainly helped. Hamels is a veteran where, you know, he provides me a pretty good floor uh, to couple with uh, DeGrom and Bauer if they do what I need to do with them, what I need them to do. And Hamels has been a pretty good workhorse, you know, uh, 190 innings last year. That's now at least 190 innings in uh, every year since 2007 except one. And that was in 2017 when he went 148. So, you know, he's pretty durable. He's on a good team, although Pakota has the Cubs in last place in the NL Central. Strikeout percentage has been pretty good, 23.3% last year. Solid whip of 126. So, again, if he kind of repeats those numbers for what he did last year, then I'm good with that. You know, I don't need major production out of him, uh, but he was certainly very turned things around once he came over to the National League from Texas with the Cubs. Uh, certainly had a, uh, a good. Uh, season there. His second half was excellent. 81 in the third innings. He had a 299 ERA. So, uh, very good second half for Hamill. So, I took him there. And I was hoping to maybe come back with an upside pitcher. The guy that I wanted was Tyler Glasnow. I cannot believe that Tyler Glasnow went with the next pitch in round 13. Next pitcher in round 13. Right after I took Hamill, Tyler Glasnow went. I thought he would make it back to me, and he didn't. So, that's the thing. You know, he was lower in the queue on these rankings. And that's a lesson, and not that it's the reason why I did. I, basically, I looked in and said, okay, I, I think I'm going to go Hamill's glass now. Who has a better shot of making it? Two more picks. And I thought it was glass now because he was further down the rankings in the queue. But you can't go by that because you don't know what someone's skill level is, where they're looking. So um, I have glass now pretty high up in my rankings, and unfortunately he didn't make it back. But, hey, you don't panic. You move on. Uh, so the next pitcher that I took was Eduardo Rodriguez. I uh, definitely think that, you know, it's about health with him. You know, he's had some knee issues in the past, and it's kind of limited him. But he has really good stuff. And I know it's always tough pitching in the American League East, but he's 25 years old. And uh, I think he has a, another level on him. He had a 3.82 ERA last year. He had a pretty good strikeout rate as well, 26.4%. Would like to see him cut down on the walks a little bit. Solid 1-2-6 whip. Should have a good offense uh, supporting him. He really cut down on the hard contact last year and has a good array of pitches. So uh, he threw a little bit more first pitch strikes last year. So I still think that we can see him get better. So I took him as my fourth starting pitcher there. So, yeah, I got sniped several times in this. And, you know, sometimes you people surprise you by pulling up pitchers lower down the rankings. 
Uh, and just sometimes you can't worry about that. You just got to go get your guys. And I was ready to take Glassnow in a reasonable spot, but someone took him a little bit earlier, and that happens. When we return, I'll be joined by Doug Anderson of Fantrax. We'll talk Tout Wars draft and hold. When we wrap it up here, Scout Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Hello. Back here, it is Scout Fantasy Sports. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Of course, you can catch us weekdays, 2 p.m. Eastern, live, or you can always check it out on demand. And find me, scoutfantasysports.com. My rankings are up. They are updated in real time. So anytime anything occurs, I will immediately post a change, and it will reflect on the website immediately. Use the promo code BATS50. Get 50% off your first two months. In-depth team outlooks from Sean Childs as well. And you can ask your questions on the message boards and the forums anytime. Joining me now, it is Doug Anderson from Fantrax. He's a participant in the new Tout Wars Draft and Hold League. It's a 15-team league, 50 rounds, where all you do is draft your team, and that is it. And you set your lineup. No waiver wire moves, no trades. Doug, what's up? How's it going, Adam? Thanks for having me on. Pretty good. I haven't spoken to you in quite a long time, man. How you been? Oh, pretty good. Uh, you know, finding things to keep me busy. Of course, as we all are. So how much were you familiar with this format? Have you played it before in the NFBC? They offer that in the preseason. So uh, are you familiar with this format, and did you have any experience in it before this Tout Wars draft and hold league? You know, I, I've played in no trade leagues before. But I'd never played in a league where you could. There was no free agency. There was never waivers. You know, the team you draft is what you get. So no, I hadn't done that with an NFBC. Uh, it's a little different. How does your strategy change, if at all? I mean, is it something that you looked at when you knew you were participating in this? How does it change your strategy in this format? Well, yeah. Well, I think I think the big things are you can't afford to have any holes because there's no correcting it later. So. In, in a different league, I, I might wait on catcher a little longer. You know, I wouldn't be so worried about getting a quality catcher. Uh, saves, I might try to push off. Things like that where the you're not talking so much position scarcity all the time, but category scarcity, you got to jump in and get it or else you're going to be out of luck and there's no way to correct it. So I think that's the biggest thing. For sure, it is definitely different, but I find it as good practice before you do your home leagues. And obviously there's a... Some something on the line here to play for, and you had pick fourteen. I don't know how many drafts you have done this year, but where what have you found to be the most ideal spot to pick in in drafts this year? Well, especially in this draft, I think you want to be in the middle somewhere. Uh, you know, it's a fifteen-team league. I don't mind so much the drafting fourteenth. There's still quality players, but when you have those, you know, twenty-seven, twenty-eight picks in between. You the the runs really get you in in the uh, second round of the draft so far. I think we're in the fifth round now, but in the second round there was a big run on starting pitchers, the elite starting pitchers. Luckily, I got Degrom with my first pick. Otherwise, if you don't get a pitcher early, 
you're going to be you're going to have to change your strategy because you're not going to get one after the second round in a 15 team league. So, it's not so much how late you draft, but it's that big space in between. I, I want to draft somewhere in the middle so I can adjust the things a little bit easier. Yeah, I mean, it's it is different picking on the turn. Obviously, you might have to reach on some players if you really want them because you know they're not going to come back. So, it definitely does change the way you draft your team. You mentioned you took DeGrom at 14. Was that an easy call for you? Were you debating it between another player? What was the strategy and thinking when you took DeGrom at 14? Well, the, the things I've pushed this year are really that you have to have. I, I want at least two elite or near elite starting pitchers. And Chris Sale and Max Scherzer had already gone. And so I got pick number 14. I could have waited till, what is it, number 17, I guess, would be the next one of mine. But I feel like those three are the obviously the best, you know, the best shots at an elite pitcher. So I felt like I pretty much had to take him. I was going to take Chris Sale if he fell, but DeGrom is a pretty reliable uh, fallback. Is there any concern about Sale and the velocity dip last year, or you feel like he's still someone that you can invest in in the first round? I am concerned. I actually, in my rankings, which I waffle back and forth, I've actually got DeGrom ahead of Sale just because of those concerns. I think, you know, if we know Chris Sale's healthy and we know he's going to throw over 180 innings, I, I think he's obviously the number one starting pitcher, but you have to have those concerns. And it's it's just at what point that you decide is worth the, the huge reward to take that risk. They made it easy for me by taking Chris Sale right before my pick, so I didn't have to make that choice. Speaking with Doug Anderson, you can find him on Fantrax.com. Round two, you took Trevor Story. There was a lot of players that probably you were thinking about here. What ultimately led you to selecting Trevor Story? Uh, well, you know, some of the players that I was looking at were taken right ahead of that. Altuve, Trey Turner obviously didn't make it. Uh, basically, I was going between um, Trevor Story and Francisco Lindor. And I, the injury to Leandor, you know, if you look before last year, he hadn't stole, stolen over 20 bases in the previous two seasons. With this injury, I'm not too worried. He's going to be a very valuable player, but is that speed going to be there? So I, I went with what I think is a little safer bet in story. He's got Colorado backing him up to kind of, even if he struggles, the number is going to be pretty big. I wanted to get a 20 home run, 20 stolen base guy, and I think Story is pretty safe for that. You know, we just have to hope he keeps running as much as he did last year. If it had been a redraft league where you could go to the waiver wire, would that maybe change your mind and maybe you go Lindor? But since this is a league where you can't make any moves, you felt like, you know what, I'll take the safety of a player that I know is at least healthy going into the year? You know, I don't really think it would have for me in this situation because I, you know, any kind of reaching in the first or second round where you, you're taking that risk, I just try to avoid it in the early rounds. I'm going to take some shots later on. But for me, I, I want the safety in those first two picks, and I think that was the smarter play. Lindor eventually went at, I think it was pick number 23, and it could be a huge deal, but it could also hurt if he steals you know, 12 bases or something like that, which is very real possibility. In round three, you took Whit Merrifield. He's a guy that I've seen go late second round in 15-team leagues, early third round. This is probably as late as I've seen him go. Was this just you saying this is just too much value to pass up, or are you huge on Merrifield for the upcoming season? Uh, I'm pretty big on him, and one of the one of the strategies I think was pretty important 
with this format is that it's going to really help to have players who are eligible at different positions. So he's got that outfield eligibility and he's also eligible at second base. So that was pretty big for me. And if you compare his numbers over the last two years to Trey Turner, they're, they're pretty similar. So to me, it was a really good deal and I'm pretty big on him too. So it was kind of a no brainer at that point. You followed up in round four with Starling Marte. So you already have a, a real nice base in stolen bases uh, with Story, Merrifield, and Marte. Was that something that you were focusing on or it just happened to pan out that you felt like these were the just three best players on the board at the time? Uh, I'm definitely looking for the stolen bases. I tend to wait so long on stolen bases. I didn't want to get myself put in a situation later on where I'm taking a, a Billy Hamilton or a D Gordon, and then I got to make up the power. So the, the speed I picked up, they all have, you know, 15 to 20 Homer potential story a lot more. So I think it's going to be a lot easier to find power later in the draft than it is speed. So I really wanted to get that base build up and not put myself in a bad situation where I'm forced to, to chase it later. I think that's an interesting point you bring up because, you know, everyone has different areas of strengths and weaknesses and trying to figure out what those are and addressing them appropriately is pretty important. Maybe some people are good at finding pitchers late. Um, Maybe others are better at finding power bats late. So because of what you mentioned where you've kind of just had trouble finding stolen bases late, uh, is that one of the reasons why you decided, you know what, let me get the guys I know. If they're healthy, they're going to have the steals and then I could – you know, figure out what I'm strong at later on and attack that area of, of categories. Yeah, pretty much. It's it's just one of those situations. I want to be balanced as I get to the later parts of the draft. So hey, maybe if there is a, a, a bargain later in stolen bases, I can go that way, but I don't have to. I want to have that balance. And later in the draft, it just lets me go where the best values are. So I think that's the biggest thing. I don't want to get boxed into something where I have to do that. Round five, you took your second starting pitcher, David Price, over guys like Carmon Marquez, Grinky, Wheeler, Fultonewich. Was this something that you debated? Was there one of the other pitchers that you, you thought about? What ultimately led to Price as the selection there? Well, I think, I, you know, if you look at his numbers, he, I think he gets a little bit ignored now. He had, you know, the really, the, he was missed a lot of 2017. It was kind of down. He was really pretty good last year. I had my sights set on Jack Flaherty from St. Louis. Um, I think he's gonna, he's got the strikeouts and he's going to take another little step forward. So that was who I was hoping for. He didn't make it to me. I don't want to mess with Marquez. I know he, you know his numbers. It's hard to argue with much what he did last year, but I just that early I'm not going to take a chance on a Colorado pitcher. So I felt like Price. You know, as long as he can take the hill, the wins are going to be there. I don't chase wins, but you know they're going to be in there in Boston. So I felt like he was a safe bet with still some upside I don't think we're appreciating. Gary Sanchez went one pick before you. This obviously is a two-catcher league. Would you have taken Gary Sanchez had he fallen, or were you intent on getting a starting pitcher there? Uh, you know, I had him in my queue as one of those five players. I had made up my mind to wait another round. But he was definitely in that conversation, you know, with me going with the speed early and maybe not quite heading with the power I want. It was definitely a consideration that, you know, I can gain back some of that power a catcher where there are many catchers who can do what Gary Sanchez does if he bounces back at all. So it was a consideration, but I was going to probably wait one more round. Talking to Doug Anderson from Fantrax as we are recapping his Tout Wars draft and hold league, which is currently ongoing. It's a slow draft. They're in round nine. It's a 50-round draft. And uh, breaking down Doug's team, 
I got to think here, round six, you take Josh Donaldson. I got to think, based on that pick, that you are really high on him for this year. He's obviously a very intriguing player. When we last saw him healthy two years ago, he was tremendous. Obviously, last year, he didn't play that much, did return, and went to Cleveland and was okay. Uh, what is it about Donaldson? You just feel like, hey, he's healthy going into the year, and you know, it was just two years ago that we saw 33 home runs in 113 games. Well, you know, I, I read on the internet that he's in the best shape of his life and uh, all that, so I mean, it's got to be good, right? Oh, yeah, of <laughs> no. course. Yeah, of course. Now, I, I was waffling between a few picks there. I felt like I needed, with the team, the makeup I had so far, I needed to get more of the homer upside. I was basically juggling between him and Justin Turner. Um, I needed the third base. But I just went with the upside. I thought at that point in the draft it wasn't a bad buy. And then with so many picks in between, I didn't know if he'd, he'd make it back. He's, he's one of those players that's a little hard to judge what, how people are seeing him because, you know, he's had such incredible highs, but yet a lot of people are down on him. So it was a situation where I had to maybe reach a little bit, but I, I do think he's in a good situation to get back to something approaching the, you know, three years ago numbers. He's he's a real interesting player for this season. There's no doubt about it because he was one of the best hitters in baseball for several years there in Toronto and the injuries last year. And this happens is that you go through a year where you're hurt and you get a player at a potential discount. He is one of those players where I'm just I'm just not sure about him right now. I have not taken him in any drafts, but you just look at what he did two years ago. And even last year when he returned, he was still hitting the ball very hard when he was on the field. Yeah, when he came back for Cleveland, I you know I checked that out and it, it something resembling the same player. So it, it's hard to know if a player is getting that age where the injuries are just going to pile up, or if it's just a couple of fluke things. And there's no doubt this is by far the riskiest pick I took so far. Um, you know, at the what uh, sixth round in a 15 leaguer, I thought the upside was worth it. So I'm going to probably have to get some depth on my corners just in case these injuries are going to continue. Round seven, we saw a crazy closer run <laughs> yeah. with Osuna, Kenley Jansen, Chapman, Vasquez, Trinan, all going five spots in a row. Then Eddie Rosario, then Craig Kimbrell, then you were on the clock. How much did that run influence you taking Brad Hand, or was that part of the plan? You said, hey, that's the round I'm going to get one closer. Because you know picking at 14, if you're on the wrong side of that, you might miss out on uh, – what we like to call a stable closer, which there aren't many right now. <laughs> yeah, no such thing. But, yeah, I had Trinan in my uh, – I was going to go with Trinan, and I thought he was going to slide through, and they uh, went over past him for quite a ways. But, you know, I'd love to be that guy who says, I'm not following the player run, and I'm going to, you know, blaze my own path. But you don't do that, and you got 28 picks between. You don't – you got to cover your save, so – yeah, I could be the tough guy and say I'm not going to follow that run, but it's just not the smart thing. And I also think Brad Hand is a, a little underrated in that I I believe it's two years in a row he's had over 100 strikeouts, and that's one of the things I'm looking for. So I uh, I took the jump. I think he's about as safe as it gets. I don't see a, a definite person really challenging for the job. So I had to go with the closer. you got to follow the run sometimes in a 15-team league. Yeah, I think it actually worked out really well for you. If I was in your spot, I'd be like, okay, I want hand, because after that is where I see a little bit of a drop-off. So I think it worked out really well for you there, uh, getting Brad Hand in that round seven if you're trying to get that one closer. Round eight, Will Myers. We know he's got that power-speed combo. Injuries have been a factor. 
Uh, he's also going to move to the outfield, so you also get the third base and outfield eligibility. You know, how important is it to, to have at least a few players in this format that have the multiple position eligibility? Yeah, well, that, that was one of the things I was looking at going in, and I like Will Myers more than maybe some do. You know, yeah, injuries last year were a problem. He still stole 13 bases. And if you look at the two years previous, he played in over 150 games. So he, he's one of those players that can drive you batty sometimes. But, you know, last year he was – I was looking at him as an early second-round pick. You know, he had that kind of 30 home run, 20 to 25 stolen base upside. So with the multiple position eligibility, I, I thought that was a way to go. And, uh you know, maybe with him and uh, Donaldson in the same area, there are two players kind of with the similar concerns. But if one of them just comes through for me, I think I'll be okay. Uh, in round nine, we saw you, Darvish, and Carlos Martinez go. Two interesting pitchers right now for different reasons. Would you consider taking him in round nine, or are they just too pricey at that point for you? Uh, who was I, I actually haven't seen the draft board a little bit. Carlos Martinez, I would not go near anywhere near right now. I just, you know, the problems last year and then already this year we've got issues. Uh, first of all, I can't see them using him in the starting rotation. You know, they talked about the bullpen before. He came into the season, oh, no, he's a starter. But how do you put him in the rotation after more problems? So, you know, he might end up being the closer. Maybe Alex Reyes goes back into the rotation, and there's just so much there. I couldn't go with Carlos Martinez. Who was the other pitcher? You Darvish. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did see that. You know, I was hoping to get him a couple rounds from now. I think that's where the the risk is more worth it. But yeah. I, I just couldn't reach this early. Yeah, it does seem a little bit earlier. That's the earliest I've seen him go. I've seen him fall a little bit further. Well, Doug, oh, good talking to you again. Let people know where they can find you. Uh, on Twitter, at RotoDaddy, and uh, at, on the Internet at FantraxHQ.com. All right, Doug. Well, we'll follow this draft, and good luck the rest of the way. All right. Thanks a lot, Adam. No problem. Again, Doug Anderson. You can find him at Fantrax.com. You can find me, ScoutFantasySports.com, as we continue to pump out a ton of baseball content. Use the promo code BATS50. Get 50% off your first two months. My rankings are up. You go to PlayFFWC.com and ScoutDFS.com. Hot NHL gets you 50% off your first month. That wraps it up here. I'll be back Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern with Dr. Roto here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.